What's going on, everybody? We're going to cover week two of the NFL. We're going to go over some games. We're going to talk about some news. We're going to pick a FanDuel lineup. A uh, bunch of stuff to get to. So right away, let's just jump on into it, and we're going to get into the games that happened in week two. We'll go over the scores and some takeaways from the game. But let's get started. So the Thursday night game started with... Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. This game surprised a lot of people because we all thought that Carolina would be doing a lot better than what they did on Thursday night. And one thing that I took away from this game is that you don't mess with Todd Bowles' defense because that man was apparently meant to be a defensive coordinator instead of a head coach because he was uh, – it was awesome. What his defense did was incredible against – Cam and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, everybody was banking on Christian McCaffrey to go off. That's I, I feel like so many people, including myself, had him as like the MVP in their lineup for FanDuel. But as you've seen from the Thursday night game, he didn't produce anything. He was not able to get past um, Tampa Bay at all. Cam Newton looked horrendous in that game. Missed pass after missed pass after missed pass. I mean, it wasn't even really a a defensive thing at that point. Like it was literally Cam just being completely inaccurate. Like something is not clicking with him. Uh, I know he just came from a shoulder injury and everything. I don't know if his shoulder's still bugging him, but the Carolina Panthers do not look like they should for, for who they have right now. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's still uh, incredible. I just think they had a bad game. Do I think they can get it back together? Yes, sure. Uh, Do I think they're going to bench Cam? Maybe in the next coming weeks if he still performs like he does. But, I mean, still, Cam is – we all know him to be their one of their superstars. And just Thursday night was not their night. It, uh, Jameis Winston kind of got off to a rough start, but then he pulled it together there at the end. Final score of the game was 20-14. to 14. It was a decent game to watch, but it wasn't so good if you drafted a lineup like I had. I had Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel – uh, Joey Sly, which by the way, Curtis Samuel is their wide receiver, one of, and Joey Sly is their new rookie kicker. And then I had OJ Howard from Tampa Bay, the tight end that is literally a catching tight end. This dude doesn't block. He catches footballs and he did not, he got injured in like the first quarter, I, I believe. And, um, I, I had Mike Evans too, and, and Winston barely threw to Evans, but, um, yeah, just a disaster of a game for a Thursday night. But anyway, let's uh let's move on, shall we? The Cardinals and the Ravens. Final guess score of this game was 17-23, Ravens win. So from this game, I took away that I am totally not counting out Kyler Murray. I think he had the most passing yards from week two from any quarterback, and that's pretty crazy. Um from a team that's really struggling right now with the Cardinals, with just who they have. I mean, they have a couple pieces, sure, but I mean, they certainly are not a complete team. And Kyler Murray has really shown up. Um, that dude can make it with his legs. He can throw the ball. I, I just like what I see in him so far. I, the way they picked up their offense, if you notice, their offensive plan was very like college-based in, in a sense because you saw them really pick up the pace of their offense, and I think that's awesome. I love to see that. I think it's a great strategy to wear defense out, especially like the Ravens. And, I mean, let's face it, guys. We, we've seen the Ravens come from like 
what was it, 50 plus or more points coming off a win week one win, and then all of a sudden the Cardinals, we think they're going to get blown out, but instead it's a 17 to 23 game. I mean, come on, like the Cardinals did something right here. Ravens have known to have a good defense. Um, their quarterback Lamar Jackson, their running back Mark Ingram, like. I don't even think they really got Mark Ingram going that game. Um, I know Jackson ran for a lot. I, I'm pretty sure Jackson had much more rushing yards than like Mark Ingram, so that was typical to see of Lamar Jackson. But anyway, I was very impressed with what the Cardinals did, and I know they're zero and two, but like they're not. They're definitely. I don't think they're the worst. I, I, they're. I just. I, I. I had some more hope in them. I guess after that 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 match there that they had with the Ravens, but. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, by the way, Mark Ingram was my fantasy running back who didn't produce me anything last week, but that's okay. We live to see another day. So, Cowboys and Redskins. My takeaway from this match is that Dak has yet again proven that he is the um, he is their one of their stars, and I know the the talks around the Cowboys are are pay the man like you know pay the guy, Dak Prescott, he's doing so good right now, why are you not paying him, you're paying all your other players, why not him, my take on uh, Dak Prescott is he wants this, um, like the highest contract in the NFL for a quarterback right now, he wants like $36 million or something around that a year, and I think Dak is a great quarterback, I mean, without question, I think he's great, but he is not a number one paid quarterback, um, I think the, the, uh, the salaries are really skewed here I think they're a little jumbled in who should get paid the most and you know who is getting paid the most like Brady and Rodgers and Breeze they should be the top three quarterbacks hands down no question about it they should be the top paid quarterbacks in the league right now they are literally the three best quarterbacks in the league um but did I, I, I are they going to pay Dak? Yeah, I guarantee they'll pay him. Jerry Jones likes Dak Prescott. Um, he said it before that like Dak's our guy. Uh, he he's for the long haul, and I, they'll pay him. It's just a matter of time. They've paid everybody else so far. I I believe that they'll keep Dak, and he's really showing up this year. He had an interception in the first quarter, which got me a little worried. So it was like a rough start, but then like he showed up with like three touchdowns. So it's like, oh yeah, that's the Dak that we're used to seeing this year so far. So with that being said, I am going to go with a very, very strong consideration of picking up Dak next week for my fantasy QB in FanDuel because he's going against um, the worst defense in the NFL right now, which is the Miami Dolphins. So week three, they're going against the Dolphins and they're going to look amazing. Next week, I mean, I think we can all kind kind of agree on that there. So I'm definitely going to pick up some Cowboys from next week, whether it's Dak, their defense, or a couple receivers. Uh, we'll get to that, but as far as it stands right now, uh, the Cowboys are on fire. They're looking good. Um, Redskins. I think Case Keenum played for this game. I um I always thought Case Keenum was like a decent quarterback. I I um let's see, Case Keenum. Yeah, 221 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not, I, I, what I'm looking at right here is just touchdowns. I thought it would have showed interceptions, but it's saying that Dak Prescott had 269 yards and three touchdowns. I thought there was an interception in there. Maybe not. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I always thought Case Keenum was pretty decent. So moving on, I don't really have much more to say about that game. Colts and Titans, 
this game was kind of like a down-to-the-wire type of game. And in the AFC South, usually always shows up for defense, which is kind of what this game was again with a low score of 19-17 here. Um, I didn't really have my eyes much on that game for uh, Colts and Titans. There wasn't really like... Well, let's see. Let's look at the stats really quick. Jacoby Brissett, 146 yards with three touchdowns. So... That's good. Um, 146 yards and three touchdowns. Like, that's not a lot of yards, but, like, when he's throwing it, he's getting it to the end zone there. So, Marcus Mariota, 154 yards for one touchdown. Oh, Derrick Henry. We got to talk about this guy. This dude is, like, the biggest running back I've ever seen. Uh, he, he is just tremendous in, like, stature and size, and he can just run the ball down the field. He is a total, total workhorse and a total tank. Um Definitely the biggest running back I've ever seen. But um, they got a good thing going with him there. Moving on to the next game. It's uh, Seattle and Pittsburgh. So I feel like this was a real like heartbreaker for a lot of Pittsburgh fans. Not only because Ben was out, but I don't think really a lot of people expected to get Pittsburgh off to this 0-2 and start. They're usually not the team that does that. I mean, we know the Steelers as the kings of the AFC North and a team that's always been good, um, always been uh, bound to make the playoff. But this game wasn't so much like that. Uh, Seattle had a great running game going with uh, Rashard Penny and Wilson had, um, let's see, what did, what did his stats look like? Yeah, so we have 300 yards for three touchdowns. Wilson had a 300-yard day. Hats off to him. Um, what's his name? Rudolph for Pittsburgh because Ben got hurt, right elbow injury, threw a threw a pass and he, he held his elbow after that, like he did something to it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the injury is yet. Uh, I just want to go over a quick recap of these games before I get into anything too detailed about that. But um, good performance from Seattle. Um, they kind of seem like one of the teams that are like, you know. They're they're really they're a good team. They're just kind of hanging in there at times. That's like uh, that was a, t- a two point difference in that game. So Seattle just took the win with twenty eight twenty six there. Next game, Bills and the Giants. So this is an interesting one. Um, I actually initially didn't know who to uh, go for on this one because I thought maybe the Giants might come back. You know, Eli might find. Uh, Sterling Shepard a couple times, or another receiver, or maybe like Saquon Barkley would have ran in for a couple uh, touchdowns, but that wasn't really the case here. He had a touchdown in like the first minute or something of the game, something ridiculously quick, 107 yards for one touchdown. Uh, Josh Allen, he's kind of the talk of the town here. Well, he has 253 yards for one touchdown, which doesn't really seem like a lot, but coming from, like, uh, pretty much a rookie QB, he's been shown to be uh, what Buffalo needs right now. And they're, um, what was it, uh, Singletary. I think it's uh, David Singletary, I believe. I don't really want to get, I don't want to get wrong on this, so let me correct myself if I am. No, Devin Singletary. My bad. So Devin Singletary, he's been shown to be an awesome running back. Like, real good. So... They keep him in there. They have Frank Gore as well, which he's always been um, more that um, more that real power running back too. Interesting story though. Uh, Devin Singletary actually looked up to Frank Gore um, 
as as he was growing up watching football, which is really cool because he's playing under Frank Gore right now. And you know what's even like more interesting is that he's outperforming Frank Gore right now. So uh, that's that's some talk right there. But anyway, I don't want to go too much into uh, too you know in depth right now with the different stats and everything for that. I just want to recap everything real quick, and then we'll get to some lineups and some more news. So, let's see. There's 28 to 14. Yeah, Bills definitely did very well. And and I'm a, I I know I'm a Jets fan and all, but um I seem to like uh not necessarily get on the wagon with Bills Mafia, but like I really don't have an issue with the Bills. I really don't. They're AFC East rivals, but I uh, I've met so many Bills fans. I love the Bills Nation. Like they're I, they just have so much faith and confidence in their team, no matter what. And I've just never met like a bad Bills fan. And I just think their whole, their whole culture, the whole flaming tape, like the whole table throwing people through tables and everything. That's hilarious. Like, I mean, just to hang out at a Bills tailgate, that's, that seems like a lot of fun. But, um, it seems like they really have like a good like vibe and a good culture to their to their organization there, and that's kind of what draws me to the Bills. And I'm not like ever really rooting against them. So, uh, yeah, even though they're rivals, I, I, I really don't have an issue with the Bills. Um, which usually, when, when anybody, like, speaks about their other team in the division, they usually just, like, can't stand them. Um, but uh, let's move on to the next game, because this is an interesting one. Uh, 49ers, and Synth- 49ers and Bengals. This was a combination of the Bengals looking pretty bad, especially on defense, and San Francisco's running game showing up to play. They had um, Matt Breda and what's his name? Mostert, I think. Mo- Mo- Mostert? Something like that? Mustard? I apologize if you guys hear dogs barking in the background. Um neighbor's got the dogs barking there. I apologize for that. So anyway, yeah, that guy ran his face off that day. Like, he did really good. Jimmy Garoppolo proved to do really well. He did 297 yards for three touchdowns. Uh, The Niners are kind of like a question mark in my eyes right now. So it's like I want to start people from the Niners, but I don't. Because it's like, yeah, Cincinnati did really bad on defense, and Andy Dalton couldn't really get anything going, and, and neither could their running game. But I just, I, they're kind of a question mark. I want to see the 49ers kind of unfold more. I made this prediction late last season and early this season that the 49ers could possibly be, very well could be, you know, the team to beat this year, in, especially in the NFC West. I think the 49ers can be a capable playoff team. I still want to see them play a little bit more, though, before I make a final judgment call, because I know that I've made these calls before of these teams that look really good, and then all of a sudden, next week, and the week after that, they look like total garbage. So I don't want to jump on that wagon yet, but I do like what I'm seeing from them. So 41-17, good match. I always like to see um, a good ass whooping, but... um, Anyway, next game is my biggest disappointment for the entire week. No question about it. It is the Los Angeles Chargers and the Detroit Lions. Ladies and gentlemen, I had Phillip Rivers in my fantasy lineup 
that I paid money for, and let alone if it's just a little bit of money, I still get worked up about it. And you know what? That's part of what draws me to football is because I just get so into it. I love it. But I drafted Philip Rivers, and man, did he take a dump that day. He had 10 points to 13? Seriously? In a game like this? Rivers and Stafford? You would have thought they would have got at least close to 20, at least. But no, every time that game came on, like I had it on the red zone and I was watching um, when they flipped to the highlights of this game. You, you barely saw any of the Chargers play. And when you did see him play, it was like Philip Rivers throwing a ball to the ground towards Keenan Allen with that awkward throwing motion he has. Like, the, I had Keenan Allen too, which was like, which was even worse, which was like a double whammy for me. And... He just didn't perform that day. And I don't know why. Like, Detroit has, like, the worst, some of the worst pass coverage in the league, okay? Like, they have Darius Slay. He was a Pro Bowl corner. And, yeah, that's good. But, yet, like, when you look at their rank against, like, the opposing team for their pass coverage and what Phillip Rivers has done in the past, clearly you can see that the Lions couldn't cover a pass, but then, like, on the other hand, the Chargers can definitely pass the ball. Um, you know, they're, they're known to pass the ball. They haven't necessarily been um, necessarily, like, a run-first type of team, even though they've always had, like, Melvin Gordon or, like, Austin Eckler. But still, you always can thought of Chargers as that, like, uh, pass-first type of team. I, I, I don't know what happened here. I was so disappointed in Rivers, and it makes me never, ever want to draft that guy again. It was such a big disappointment here. Absolutely awful. No touchdowns. Um, Matt Stafford, 245 yards for two touchdowns. Uh, Just terrible. Terrible, terrible. Austin Eckler had a touchdown. That was the only touchdown they had. (sighs) Moving on. Next match. Vikings and the Packers. This is a good one. NFC North is always a good match to watch. So Green Bay beat Minnesota, and Green Bay looked good. And uh, I believe, yeah, they they started it's like twenty one zero with like within the first half, and then Minnesota came back and they they tried to rally for it back again. But that Green Bay defense is really showing to be something this year. They've really looked like they've improved a lot, and I would highly consider um, them for a possible starter for my next week's lineup as the Green Bay defense or even Aaron Rodgers. They just, uh, the, the Packers have always, from what, when I've, for, for as long as I have watched the Packers, since I was a, wait, since 1994, the year I was born, when they had Brett Favre all the way up until now, they've always been a good team, and they just proved it again by defeating a division rival here, Minnesota Vikings, so, um, yeah, just uh, that was a good game. That was a good one to watch. And let's see, anything key notables from this game? Not anything that I'd like to go over. Just uh, consider Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay defense in your fantasy team. They look like they can stay like really consistent this year, and no doubt they can be a playoff team. No doubt about it. So, next match, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans. This is a classic, like, AFC South uh, defensive game. So, we have Gardner Minshew had a touchdown at the end, I believe. And, was there any other touchdowns? Look at this. Zero touchdowns for all these people. 
Yeah, you look at top passers, you look at top rushers, top receivers. They give two for each category. The only touchdown that's on this board is Gardner Minshew's Minshew's touchdown. Wow, that was a tongue twister for some reason. For um, he had that one touchdown towards the end, but otherwise, it was just very defensive. This is another classic uh, uh, spot of where you just saw a good AFC um, defensive game. Both teams definitely showed up there. Because um, there wasn't a lot of highlights from this one. So, we're just going to move on. Patriots and Dolphins. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, I can't express how bad the Miami Dolphins have been. Um... I watched a pass that Fitzpatrick like dumped off to the left side, and it was either one of their running backs or their receivers literally dodged under the ball like they were playing dodgeball. Um, the question of the week, at least one of my questions of the week, is why are the Miami Dolphins playing dodgeball? So, what did he think another receiver was behind him? Did he think the ball wasn't going to him? But literally, this ball would have hit him in the head if he wouldn't have zucked. Fitzpatrick dumped a quick pass out to the left, and the dude just wasn't there. Like, nothing. So, uh, yeah, Patriots just, Tom Brady made it look so easy. I mean, as he always does, but, like, in this game especially, and their defense, I picked up their defense last week, and what an, what what a, a solid pick, because they were top out of any other player in the entire FanDuel lineup that I was going for. 37 points in the New England defense. Wow. Amazing. Um, Here's the thing. Next week's lineup, week three's lineup here, when we're going to go over that, I will most certainly be putting Patriots in here. Now, when I say Patriots, I mean like Tom Brady or the defense. The reason why I'm not putting running backs or receivers in there is because literally Brady uses all of his offense. If you see the Patriots games, he doesn't necessarily have that one go-to guy. I mean, he does and he doesn't, I guess. You can make an argument over that. But, like, the Patriots just use everybody. They use everybody out there on the field, and they just put up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. It's just who they are as a team. And I've recently been just on terms of accepting it. I mean, being in the AFC East, this this is a division where the Patriots have been kings for over 10 years now. Over 10 years. Like, way over 10 years. Hell, since like 2002 or something like that? Like, it's been crazy. I, I, um, I, my, my hatred for the Patriots, I mean, no, I don't like the Patriots. Of course not. I mean, who does in the AFC East besides the Patriots? But, like... I'm just whatever about it anymore. I just hope they don't get to another Super Bowl because, I mean, we're all tired of that. Like, let's be real here. Aren't we tired of the New England Patriots going to the Super Bowl? It makes it so not fun. Because if you just know the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl, it feels like you're just watching the same monotonous shit over and over again. And I don't know. Like... Last year's Super Bowl was such a big disappointment. Oh, worst Super Bowl I've ever watched last year. But I'm kind of going off onto a tangent now. Anyway, so 43-0. to zero. To zero. No touchdowns whatsoever here for the Dolphins. None. 
none to speak of. They traded away their safety because you requested a trade. Uh, I feel like players are embarrassed to be part of this organization right now. Uh, fans as well. Fans feel like they should be are embarrassed of this organization, and they very well should be. Like that's that's zero points against forty three. Come on, that's insane. I know you're going against the Patriots and everything, but still, everything else aside, forty three to zero. That's just crazy. That's something that doesn't usually come along that often. Um, yeah, Patriot, Tom Brady or the defense, or both, are going to my lineup next week. They're going against the Jets, and boy, do I have some talk to talk about the Jets with. Whew, or, or if that made sense. I, I have some talk to get out with the Jets right now. i got to kind of vent some anger once I get to their game. So, 43-0. to zero. I will say this, though. This doesn't account for anything. Doesn't count towards this game. Nothing. I think the Miami Dolphins have the best colors in the NFL. Yes, I said it. The Miami Dolphins have the best colors, the best uniforms, like in the NFL. I love it. Like the the whole like. First of all, I my favorite color is orange, especially the orange that they have going on that bright, like vibrant orange, and then that teal to complement it. That teal. Or that not not I don't know if you want to call it teal or like aqua or like a light blue that they have, but it's literally the opposite color of orange. Like if you I don't know Google search it. Like if you Google search the opposite color of orange, it's that color blue. And I love when those two colors, like opposite colors, come together. I really do. Like if you have a light and a dark, or you know things like that. Um, but the the blue and the orange contrast there is just so cool to me. I love it. And their helmets, the white against that. Um, but anyway, let's move on, shall we? I've never really been much of a team person for like hating the Dolphins either. I know they're in the AFC East, but um, like a, another division rival. But I've only really hated the Patriots before. Um, my mentality has just kind of changed for the AFC East. Really, it's like. Now, uh, the Jets just, I, see here, don't get me started. The Jets already had me so worked up that, like, I could even care less where they place in the AFC East right now. Because, like, if they're going to have, like, the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, like, shit all over them, it's, like, time to step up your game. Like, I don't even, like, feel sorry for them anymore. Like, it, it's time to change something. Things have to change. And I'm just so fed up with the Jets right now. So fed up with them. If you're going to let the Dolphins and the Bills step all over you like that, like, you better find a way to get your team better. Like, straight up. You better find something to do. Um, they, they just go through coaches. Like, every three to four seasons, they go through another coach, another coach, another coach, and then they have some key players now, but yet they still are not performing. Can someone tell me why the Jets aren't performing? Like, we're going to save this conversation for when I get to the Jets game last. Next match, we had the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders. Classic showing of how Mahomes is the man. He's definitely a pickup for your fantasy lineup because he's consistent, and he's consistently good. So I like to look at these um, receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, defenses, whatever, that consistently can put up points every week. And now that we're seeing these teams develop, it's week two and there's only been two games, sure, which can't really judge a whole 17-week season and then the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But seeing how Kansas City continues to do, they continuously are consistent, always, 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 especially on their offense. 
Uh, looks like the Raiders here couldn't get much going. Patrick Holmes, 443 yards for four touchdowns. Let that sink in for a minute. That's almost a 500-yard game. You don't hear about those. For four touchdowns, wow. Derek Carr had uh, 198 yards for one touchdown. and I, It doesn't even show interceptions here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry if I'm not announcing interceptions, but um, it's it's literally not showing the interceptions that are that are made here. It's just showing touchdowns. So, um, anyway, yeah, 28 to 10, Kansas City is going to take the AFC West. You can bet anything on it. They will take the AFC West. They're going to be a playoff team and they're going to be a serious threat. And they're my AFC pick for the Super Bowl this year. All right, so we're moving on to the Saints and the Rams. Oh, another heartbreaker for the Saints, not only because of the Drew Brees thing, but the whole ref drama thing. That ref drama thing makes me so, like, irritated because last year when this whole ref drama with the whole pass interference call and then this call where, like, Cam Jordan, um, he hit, like, Jared Goff and the ball – or no, no, somebody else hit Jared Goff and the ball came out. Cam Jordan ran it back for, like, 89 yards for a touchdown, and it was, like, clearly a touchdown. Like, because the way that, like, so so if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, when you hit a quarterback, if they're, if they're, when they're throwing, as they throw, if their hand is backwards and they're about ready to throw, if their hand goes back and they're ready to throw the ball, if you hit them then, it is a fumble. If you hit them with forward motion, like if the ball is coming forward, like, you know, past their head and they're, they're, they're like on like the millisecond of throwing it, and then you hit them, it's an incomplete pass. It depends on if it's forward motion or if it's not forward motion. And in this case, it was kind of a hard call, yes, but like from what happened, Jared Goff got hit before that ball was ever out, and then it bounced over to Cam Jordan. He ran it back for 89 yards. And the biggest mess up was that like, I wouldn't have been so mad if they didn't... See, like, I wouldn't have been mad if they didn't give that to the Saints. Because I would have been like, eh, maybe, you know, Jared Goff's hand was enough forward to where they say that it was an incomplete pass. That's, like, reasonable. But to see them call back his 89-yard touchdown and just give them the ball there? Come on. Seriously? That's ridiculous. You're just going to (laughs) say... Because Jared Goff was almost in the end zone. He was driving into the end zone. He was, like, at the 10, inside the 10, or, or something. Like, he was in the red zone, okay, within the 20 or more. So, he hit him. Ball comes out. Cam Jordan runs 89 yards. They don't even call it a touchdown. But they call it, yeah, you can have the ball. You can just have it way back here, deep in your own end zone. That makes no sense to me. None. And the whole thing last year, with the whole um, pass interference call, it really, like, makes my head spin about things like, are, is the NFL fixed? And I know we can get on a whole entire podcast about that. That's a conversation for another day. But it makes me pretty frustrated, kind of upset to think that that could be a reality. Because it very well could be if the NFL is fixed. That would be like, you know, the games are pre-planned. They already know the winners. But then again, you could debate that it's not, too. So um, in this game, it was 9-27. to Drew Brees is out with a hand injury. He was coming forward to throw the ball. Aaron Darnold, Aaron Donald, I keep wanting to say Darnold because I got the Jets on my mind. Aaron Donald smacked his hand trying to block the pass, and he hurt his hand on that. So he'll be out for a couple weeks, I think till like week six. Uh, without Brees in the Saints, he's like their all-time captain. He's the, 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 like my favorite quarterback 
and he's out now, and Teddy Bridgewater tried to make something happen. It just didn't happen. He didn't have the connection going. But then again, Bridgewater hasn't really played a lot, so you know you can't be like, oh, Bridgewater sucks. Well, no, he doesn't really suck. He just hasn't like necessarily got that time on the field, okay? There's a difference between, like, a quarterback, like, literally, like, either they're not used to the offense or they don't have enough time to, um, like, they, they're not used to the offense or they haven't played enough or their offensive line may suck. You know, all these things factor in, but Teddy Bridgewater's not, like, a, he's a good backup, okay? Like, he, I think he deserves what he has right now for a good backup. Let him sit behind Breeze. When he retires, maybe he'll take over the spot. Taysom Hill, I like watching that guy. Um, the way they use him and the way Peyton uses that offense is so unique to me. And that's why I love offensive-minded coaches. And that's why I love watching the Saints play because they use so many cool things on offense. Now, their defense, on the other hand, has never, from what I've ever seen, been necessarily good. Maybe when they went when they went to the Super Bowl back in 09. But, like, their defense still has work to, work to do there. Um, I know they have some key players there. Like, Cam Jordan's amazing. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore's amazing. He's really good. But as far as their offense goes, how can you not love the Saints on offense? Like, that's the way they use Taysom Hill, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, like, Michael Thomas – I just love watching the Saints play. I really do. They just have such a unique style. I love offensive head coaches. I really do. Um, anyway, so yeah, the Rams kind of did a heartbreaker on this one. There was a lot of heartbreakers this this week, like a lot of heartbreak games for some fans. <sighs> Let's move on. This is the game that I didn't really watch. I just kind of saw it bounce back and forth on the red zone was the Broncos and the Bears. I wasn't necessarily interested in watching this game. I know I saw the end of it, and, I mean, the end of it can kind of be controversial, too, from, like, the different calls that were made, but not as controversial as, like, a Saints refs call, that kind of deal. But um, the the Bears and the Broncos here, what's going on with the Chicago Bears, okay? Because I'm starting to be really wrong on my pick here, and I don't like that. Like, I thought with Matt Nagy, their co- their, uh, their coach, that they'd be putting up way more points on offense for the Bears. Like, ladies and gentlemen, I thought the Chicago Bears would be a very good off a very good offensive team and a team that can make some damn good stops on defense, but they're not showing that right now. Like they're going against this Broncos team that has really been missing some um really lost out on some key players in the past few years and um kind of falling apart to be honest with you. At least that's what I think Denver is. They're kind of, they're kind of falling apart as a team. Um <sighs> Joe Flacco can't necessarily, I I don't know, Joe Flacco always looks, like, bored. He looks, like, so, like, lackadaisical, like, just the the expressions on his faces. Like, is this dude really into the game anymore? Does he really like what he's doing? Um, somebody finds the answer, let me know. But, um, yeah, this, this, I don't know what's wrong with this. I I hope Chicago can can really be an offensive team, because I I love watching offensive teams. I want to see Mitch Trubisky, like, rise and, like, be a star, you know, all that. Because that'd be so fun to watch in the NFC North. Next game, Sunday night game. I don't really watch Sunday night games. I said that last week. They just don't jive with me, and I'm going to be quite honest with you. I I don't like listening to uh, Chris Collinsworth announcing. Um, That announced team is just... uh... Anyway, 24-20, we have Falcons over Eagles. Um, Matt Ryan threw like three touchdowns, but he also had three interceptions. So the Eagles' defense still there. Carson Wentz, I didn't. He, I think he got hurt again. 
Carson Wentz got... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just got hurt again. Why can this guy not stay healthy? Can someone please answer me that? Anyway, I don't think the Atlanta... I asked this question last week, and I asked where the Atlanta Falcons offense is. I still don't think it's found yet. I really don't. There were still three interceptions against three touchdowns. I mean, yeah, they won. Julio Jones had two touchdowns. Um, Yeah, Julio Jones had two touchdowns, and... Oh, I I still think the Falcons can be a better team with what they have. So, here comes the last game, the Monday night game. All right, so I put a dollar into this lineup, right? And you're probably thinking, oh, Ty, you lost a dollar. Oh, big deal. Well, you know what? Sometimes when you bet, it is a big deal, okay? Because, like, you get fired up. You, like, put money into the game and everything. You like to see your players that you picked win. It's just a good feeling, okay? So, this game was 23-3. to The Browns still are not the team that they were hyped up to be, okay? I'm not trying to defend the Jets here because I, I'm done defending them. So, like, it, these Browns were supposed to be, like, an elite team, and they didn't even look that great against the Jets. Like, there was a couple highlights from the game, but overall, this game wasn't anything great to watch. Like, this game was by far probably the worst game of Week 2. Literally, the worst game of Week 2. Um, it's just so, so aggravating to watch the Jets play. I don't know another word to say it. And, and the way they, they have this Adam Gase in here for the new coach and he's supposed to be the fix to all of their problems, right? He's an offensive minded head coach, which they haven't had one of those. And I don't know how long they've always had defensive minded head coaches like Rex Ryan and Todd Bowles. And you've always noticed their defense was like decent, but still not like great and their offense was always garbage and it's continuing to be garbage and they picked up great players this offseason but they're still not another another kind of team that sort of fell short of their hype again and I feel like that's the storybook of the Jets um, of, of watching the Jets over 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 10 years I've been a Jets fan and it's just a year after year it's like a, a fake hype and that's like nah we're just kidding we're just the same old Jets and it's like that every year and the thing that made me mad the most was like Adam Gates was so stubborn to get Le'Veon Bell off to a good start and he never got off to a good start he jumped over a guy, like he hurtled over a guy, which was freaking awesome to watch. But like, other than that, and like a couple juke moves and spins, he couldn't get anything going at all. Like, at all. And to see a star player like Bell like that, and the, the, the Jets could hardly get out of their own end zone. They made it down to like the red zone like once, and they couldn't even score on it. They got a field goal once. They made it to like the hat. They made it to like the fifty yard line once, then the red zone, then like another time, and then all, every other drive after that was back in their own end zone, like third and out. But, ladies and gentlemen, they had like negative yards in this game. Horrible, absolutely horrible, terrible, terrible game to watch. <sighs> I don't know what to say about him anymore. I had, I had, I don't. I, it's so hard to watch this team. I had Bell as my MVP. I had Jamison Crowder. I had Robbie Anderson, and I thought having a backup QB in there, they'd be like, "Yeah, we're gonna try to hook it up to some receivers. We're gonna get Bell going." You know, that wasn't the story at all. I had um, David Njoku on the Browns who got hurt, 
in like the first quarter or the first half, whatever. Uh, okay, like he gets hurt in the first half, so there there goes David Njoku. So there goes my points for him. He's done for the game. He gets hurt on like the first play. He like gets dropped on his neck. Like he gets flipped and he he was going to make a hurdle and he got hit in the legs and he uh, landed on his neck, which looked absolutely awful. Like that dude's like. 250 pounds or something. I couldn't imagine 250 pounds coming down on a neck. Like, damn. Um, hope that dude's all right, though. And then I had Jarvis Landry. I thought Baker Mayfield was going to, like, go to his second, you know, go-to target. I mean, you know Odell's going to get targeted, but the salary space for him is just too, like, the cap space you have to do to buy into Odell is just way too much. So I went with Landry instead, and that was my five people, and all five people failed me. Completely. I, I don't know if I could have placed more dead last. Um, by the way, the, um, their third string quarterback for the Jets here, uh, Luke Falk. I can't I can't say that last name correctly. Um, but he seems like if you watched this game, I just got this feeling that like correct me if I'm if you think I'm wrong, or I put this up for debate, but I think Trevor Simeon is one of those quarterbacks that, like, the team just can't get behind. Like, I mean, within a team, not everybody's going to like each other and everything, and I feel like they just can't rally be- rally behind this guy. Do you notice how poorly the offense was doing when he was out there, and then all of a sudden, like, their third string stepped in, and, like, all of a sudden you notice, like, a really good push from their offense and, like, their team, and they actually started to make yards instead of negative yards? This is, I think their third string, like, you have no other choice but to leave him in right now. And and I didn't think he did bad for, like, a third string quarterback. I mean, granted that you're playing on the Jets, and, I mean, it just looks like he knows the offense much better than Trevor Simeon does, and this Luke Falk is a much better fit for, like, a backup than Trevor Simeon would be. Can we please shit-can Trevor Simeon? Can we please get rid of him and, and give him to a team that could actually use him because the Jets clearly don't need him? Uh, he's out with an ankle injury for the season anyway. So he came down hard, too, on his ankle. I mean, as much as I'm, like, trash-talking, or well, I don't know if you want to call it trash-talking, but as much as I'm so-called trash-talking the Jets right now, um, I think that he can be a better fit somewhere else because he certainly, I don't, th- I don't think, belongs with the Jets here. Disappointing game. So, anyway, that kind of ra- that that wraps up week two right there. Let's uh, go over some quick news. The Eli error is over. The Giants make Daniel Jones their new starter. So this is going to be interesting because my opinion, and you've heard me say this before, is that I think Eli is the guy. He's very experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's a smart quarterback. He's been in the league for plenty of years. And he's been to Super Bowls. Like, you can't just sit there and say that Eli doesn't know what he's doing. Because he totally knows what he's doing. He's been in this league for so long. And I just, I think I feel like it's a matter of, like, their offensive line. Because Eli's getting, the like, the shit beat out of him back there. You ever watch games with the Giants? Like, Eli has no time at all. How are you going to expect a quarterback to shine when they have no time? Like, if they get Daniel Jones in here, they can kind of, like, change up. Maybe if they, like, change up their offense a little bit and, like, 
I don't know if if he can be like quicker maybe or something because he's younger than than Eli. If he's quicker, maybe he might be a better a, a better go for the Giants right now. It, it's hard to tell. Like Daniel Jones could be a star in the Giants. You, I mean, you never know. I just I never really wanted to count Eli out because there's no reason for him to do poorly right now. So it's interesting to see that they're going with Daniel Jones, but I kind of had I, you almost saw this coming. Because they had questions about Eli last year, and then now they have still have questions about him within the first couple of games. And I, I, by the way, if anybody remembers that game like last year, I think it was when they benched Eli and put in Geno Smith, and then Geno Smith threw like five interceptions or something ridiculous like that. That was hilarious. That was absolutely hilarious to see that guy go to a, like get away from the Jets and like go curse some other team. Ugh, man, that was. <laughs> that was that was funny, and then they put Eli right back in the week after that. I don't want to relive the days of Geno Smith. That was awful. That was probably like the worst time to be a Jets fan. Um, so the Eli era is over. Interested to see where this is gonna go. Um, I always, you know, you always like seeing new players and how they how they start and and what they're gonna do. So it'll be interesting to see this uh, unfold here. Breeze is traveling back to L.A. to have hand surgery, so he's going to be out a couple weeks, as we said. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. He says, uh, I'm, right now, I'm still a member of ja- the Jaguars. So it looks like he's requesting a trade. He got into, like, an argument with Doug Marone, their head coach. Like, he was, like, sh- like they were just, uh, like, shouting back and forth to each other on the sideline. So, like I said, not everybody in the team is going to get along, and maybe it just like, might not be a right fit for uh, Jacksonville. Um like like for Jalen Ramsey, maybe he might not fit well in Jacksonville. You know, maybe he might go better with another team. Uh, do I think he that Jalen Ramsey had a loud mouth on him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just Jacksonville's probably not the right place for him. So so give him to a team that can use him real well and that needs him right now. So Deshaun Jackson, groin injury, expected to miss week three. Deshaun Jackson's um, he was an eagle before. And he's always been a notable receiver for them. Every time I, yeah, he's always, I think he's like that. If He's like that down the field, kind of like, hail, not like Hail Mary, but like a straight vertical route um, kind of guy. He's always the guy that can go out and grab it. That's always what I've seen from Deshaun Jackson, at least. Short stint in Detroit. Lions released C.J. Anderson. I didn't even know they had C.J. Anderson. Uh, Sessler, Dallas Rising Star, will be in high demand. Who's this Sessler guy? Sessler. I didn't hear about this. Hmm. Alright, so... Is it Mark Sessler? Is that who we're talking about right here? Because I'm unfamiliar with this news. Alright, so... Jets benched safety Jamal Adams after he anticipated wrong... What's this? Uh, uh, let's see. Though it was only for five snaps, Jets Pro Bowl safety Jamal Adams was benched during his team's 23-3 loss on to the Browns on Monday. A day later, he clarified that it was some anticipatory play that resulted in his unexpected breather. Yeah, I was benched. They benched me. I tried to anticipate a play, and I anticipated wrong. Adams, oh, okay, I see. Um, 
it was. I think it was like a penalty called on him or something. Which which penalties in that game were just unexcusable. The amount of penalties I saw in that Jets Browns game was just ridiculous. It, it it made the game like unwatchable. Every single time they went up to line up for a snap, it was like a penalty. I'm not even kidding. Like it was like a false start, defense offside, just stupid, stupid penalties. Like ridiculous. The Browns. See the. I'm getting all fired up again about the Jets. Like these penalties are ridiculous. They, how how do they keep happening? Seriously, do you not know that it's like costing you the mat, like the, the the match by the amount of penalties you put in here? Um, yeah. But anyway, I I, I like watching Jamal Adams play. He's very like aggressive uh, safety. He really like in blitz. He's he's always he's just. He has good vision. Like, if he he can read the quarterback, he can read the running back, and he always can go up there and make the play. Like, he's one of their he he is like their go to guy on defense, along with like C.J. Mosley right now. But he's out with a groin injury, which like the Jets have like a number of injuries right now that we could talk about. Like everybody that they drafted and like everybody that they traded for, everybody that they got was supposed to be a good Jet this year is literally like out with an injury. Besides Bell, <laughs> like. In Crowder, I guess, but I mean, anything can happen, I guess, right? <sighs> Dal- okay, so power rankings: Dallas in the top five, Saints plummet. Okay, um, yeah, I can see why they lost your breeze. Um, Dallas is now proven to be a really damn good team and a team that you don't want to mess with now. So, Simeon out ankle out for the year. Darnold back with Jets. Um, when's Darnold coming back? Uh, Luke Folk, they'll be rolling with Luke Folk for the foreseeable future. Uh, NFL insider Rathport reported that Simeon, who suffered ankle ligaments, will have surgery after swelling goes down. And they just talked more about Simeon. Hey, what's this? For Jets fans looking for positive QB news, Darnold was back at the team facility for the first time since his diagnosis. He's feeling better, Gay said, per New York Times, for New, per New York Daily News. The doctors are letting us know how to proceed with him. Darnold later appeared in the Michael K. show in New York and said that his goal is to return to the field in week five after the Jets buy. So, I, that's good. That's positive. Because they have a, a rough road ahead of them. Like, they have week three against the Patriots. And then they have a bye week. And then he comes back in week five. So that's not, like, I don't want to get my hopes up again. Because every time I get my hopes about this team, they shut me down and they shut me down hard. So, let's see. I'm reading more about the the news here. That might be optimistic, but if he can do it, will obviously would, would obviously be huge for the Jets, it says. So, yeah, if, I was predicting, like, week six or seven for him to come back. But if he's coming back in week five, then that would be great. Um, Good. I'm glad to see some positive news. That's good. All right. And that about wraps it up with the news. Maybe we should do some power rankings, too. Yeah, we can read off some quick power rankings real quick before we go to my lineup, shall we? All right. ESPN, we want, I want to go to NFL right now. It's fun. Okay, so I'm going to read from the bottom up because that's just more exciting, right? When you announce the first one last. All right, so 
Okay, you can go ahead and make your guess at who's ranked 32, but I don't think anybody's going to be surprised here. It's the Miami Dolphins. I mean, come on. They deserve 32. Well worth being there. Giants at 31. I don't really know. I Should they really be there? Maybe they should be at, like, 29, like, where they were before, but I don't think they deserve 31. The Jets are at 30. They deserve 31 right now. The Redskins at 29. Cardinals at 28, but it looks like they moved up two spots. So they're climbing, slowly climbing. Broncos are down to 27. Bengals are down to 26. Rightfully so. I thought the Bengals, Bengals looked uh, pretty good in week one, but then like week two comes along, and yeah, they I think they deserve that spot there. Jaguars at number 25. They moved up a rank from last week. Raiders are at 24. Panthers are at 27, or my mistake. Panthers are at 23. They moved down seven spots. Seven spots is a lot to move down in the power rankings. And the Buccaneers are at 22, who jumped nine spots. Whoa, that's quite the jump right there. Wow. If they can prove, if, if they can continue that defense, like, the Buccaneers will be a serious team in the NFC uh, South if that defense continues to be that good. Uh, Jameis Winston is, is still, in my opinion, a very inconsistent quarterback, and it just has like a uh, this attitude temper problem to him, and which I never really was a fan of. But Falcons at twenty one, Lions at twenty, they jumped up seven spots. Steelers are at 19. They went down five spots. Titans are at 18. Colts are at 17. Saints are at 16. So they're like middle of the road right now. Wow. They went down 12 spots. That's the most spots that have gone down right now. And I honestly, it's it's, it's honestly fitting. I don't like to say that against the Saints, but it, it's fitting that they went down that hard. I mean, they're still, their previous rank was number four. Down to 16, that's about halfway um like the halfway mark in the in the NFL. So Browns are at 15. Absolutely not. They do not deserve that position right there. They deserve to be above half. Come on. They definitely need to be below half. They shouldn't have jumped six spots. They should have like, no, they should not be at rank 15 right now. Texans are at 14. Niners are at 13. Yeah, that's, yeah, I can see that. Bills are at 12. I mean, yeah, everybody's looking at the Bills as, like, being pretty damn good. Chargers are 11. No, absolutely not. How they got this rank, they went up one rank, which they lost last week, and they couldn't even put up more than 10 points. They got one touchdown, and that wasn't even from Phillip Rivers. Like, come on, why are they 11 right now? Absolutely awful. They need to be right down there, and they need to be shit-canned down, right down with the Browns. They do not. I don't think they deserve number 11. Uh, Vikings are at 10. Bears are at nine. How are they placing these teams up here? How? I can agree with like the bottom half, but like once we got above half, I am not agreeing with any of this at all. But these are just my opinions. Let me know what you think about these. Maybe these are right rankings. Uh, from what I'm seeing, I don't necessarily see that they're, you know, the most accurate. But hey, I mean, we all always have some controversy with the uh, power rankings, don't we? Nothing's perfect, right? Um, the Eagles at eight... I mean, yeah, kind of, because like, the Eagles are still a good team, regardless. Like, you can't ignore that. Like, 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 like them or don't like them, the Eagles are still a good team. Packers are at seven, well-deserving. 
Seahawks at six. They need to be below the Packers. Ravens are at five. No, I think the Packers need to be higher than the Ravens. The Ravens need to go back down a little bit. Uh, Dallas at four. Yeah. Rams at three. They went down one spot from two last week. I don't see why the Rams are that high. I don't think they should be. Um, but whatever. They deserve a top ten spot, no doubt about it. But three, I don't know. Chiefs are at number two. Yes, fitting. Patriots at number one. Uh, I mean, of course. I mean, who else are you going to go to? You know, like Patriots have been kings of the NFL, and they will be kings of the NFL until Brady and Belichick can ha- disconnect in New England. So that's the power rankings. Now, I'm going to wrap this up with a little bit of my lineup here. So what we're going to do for next week, in week number three, I'm going to save this for my next podcast. Because now I'm done talking about week two, we're going to move on to week three. And I just want to brush over real quick what I'm going to do for week three, and then I'll go into it in a separate episode. So... We're going to do our picks for week three, and it's going to be the 1 o'clock games only this week. It's going to be a $5 buy-in, and this is kind of like, I, I kind of have, I have left, less of a pool to work with now, so I don't have as many people, so the odds of winning are better. And it seems like season after season after season, I always do really good at the 1 o'clock games and do complete garbage at the rest of the games. Like, I can have, like, a great fantasy lineup for the 1 o'clock games and be, like, awesome and set. And then, like, once the 4 o'clock games come around, it totally turns around, like a 180. So we're going to do the 1 o'clock games this week. And we're going to do a single lineup here. We're going to do... From all the 1 o'clock teams, we're going to do a quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, flex, and defense. We have $60,000 to spend, and the average player is $6,000. So we will continue this lineup in another episode. If you guys have listened up to this point, you guys have been listening to me rant about football for like an hour now. Literally, we're going on 58 minutes. Um, I just want to take the time to really thank you for sticking with me. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap this episode up. If you guys like this episode, let me know what you think about it. Tell me your takeaways from week two. Um, You know, at me on Twitter, whatever. Reach out to me. Let me know how you're liking the show so far. I am loving loving these podcasts so far. So, uh, yeah, get at me, guys, and I will see you in the next episode where we draft my lineup.